Second. Honey, honey, there's a hot topic. Oh, God damn it. Pull, pull the fucking car over. Ah. I gotta buy some fucking grip pants. Yeah. Yeah. Hot cha cha cha. Delicious. You're listening to the March and Mitch Show, featuring nobody because we're starring Celine Santa's Pond. Right? It's hard. Seriously, welcome back to our own little planet here in Salem Kaiser. It was a beautiful day out. Me and Mitchell took the skateboards out, and after about 15 minutes of huffing and puffing, I was I decided, holy crap, I'm out of shape and I'm dying. Oh my god. It's hard. Skateboarding's hard. It's like a good workout. You work your core. There's cardio involved. You know, like I thought, like, I thought like, you know, I, I would run faster on the skateboard than I run away from my own problems, but that was clearly not the case. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Alexander Marchuski. Joining me is our producer, Mitchell Herring, and our star, Celine Santis Pond. We're here to talk to you today about our artist of the week, Stephen Moses. We're also going to throw it to CSP as they break down their top 10 news you might have not known about and also their favorite segments from this past year. And last but not least, we're going to go hop in the car for the nostalgia trip, taking it down memory lane with our throwback film, Togo, the the untold story about the dog that was not Balto, but maybe was Balto, but was really important. Seems uh, they, 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 uh, in the movie at the end, spoiler, they, they, uh, they, they do a story piece and it's like, ah, Togo, that's a terrible name. What about, what's that dog's name? Well, that's Balto. That's it. Perfect. And then they write the story of Balto. (laughs) (laughs) They make you really hate Balto and I know it's not Balto's fault, but yeah. Fuck that guy. That dog is vindicated as hell. <laughs> the real story. Yeah, the real story seems to be with uh, Togo, uh, as Disney portrays it. Um, but anyways, let's get to it. Rock and roll, folks. Today on the show, we're going to talk to you about none other than the newest signing to Def Jam motherfucking records, Stephen Moses. We're talking, yes, Def Jam records. Like, this is fucking huge. We are a huge endorser of the sad rap and alternative culture scene here on the March and Mitch show. We've covered everyone from Wicked Face, Springs Eternal to Garden, Gucci Highwaters, and many, many more. Be sure to check out all your local artists as well. We've even featured a local indie rock band, Swiss Army Wife, as well as local hip-hop artist. Ayari, please check out his music. He bops, he slams, he'll even freaking cook up some good barbecue. He had a good business idea. He posted on Facebook actually about doing his own barbecue at house I saw that. and then mm-hmm. having people come. And I'm liking that guy's a businessman. There you go. That's mm-hmm. some fucking sick shit. I should make my own hot dog cart and just travel around downtown Salem. I have a business model <laughs> or I'm going to sell hot dogs instead of like waiting for the drunk people to come to me. I'm going to, you find, take the business to that. I'm going to find them <laughs> without any further ado. Moses is originally from Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was actually an avid skateboarder growing up a uh, kid freaking born in 1999 is incredibly fucking talented. Dude can sing, dude can rap. He's a monster on guitar too. And it really is fabulous. Um, I would compare him to anything from Peep to Brennan Savage, mm-hmm. even has Post Malone vibes. His music is really, really cool for me because it deals with everything from, you know, just uh, living your life one day at a time, growing up. He's got lots of coming of age songs, songs about heartbreak, songs about love, songs about dealing with an internal crisis, whether it be from your own wrongdoings or, you know, just learning from like other people's mistakes. Uh, the first song I ever heard by Stephen Moses is going to be our track of the week, which is uh, Leave Me. Uh, it was off his 2018 album. Uh, and the dude's music really has been speaking to me on multitudes of levels. There's a catharsis going on in the world right now. What with all the, you know, just the, the social detriment of having COVID, uh, our economy being permanently damaged. So of course this was a great year for sad music. 
most, seriously. Most definitely. Well, and hey, so much free time to make music. Seriously. And he's been just doing straight up just like bops. Um, it's actually huge that this young kid from Pennsylvania is being signed to Def Jam Records. Like I thought that was super, super like huge. I it's actually cool that it's our second artist, I think I think second artist from Pennsylvania. Because Wicca's from Scranton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Wicca Phase is from Scranton. Celine Something's in the water pond. there, man. You've got great memory. This is phenomenal. Thank you so much. And I just remember like running around the summer, you know, doing different gigs for Instacart and Grubhub. And I learned, I listened to the song for the first time, go on like a little peep, like YouTube station. And he's just like, you know, I ain't never spend the money trying to fuck a heaven on my waist, but the money never heals shit. And I was just like, dude, that's such a fucking true statement because I was getting so much money from the government and in my depression and in my, you know, just stage of just kind of being lost and aloof. And like, you know, I've, I've been lost and aloof for a long time. Let's be real. <laughs> but, but you know, that was such a big statement for me because I realized like, Money, the money doesn't always heal shit. Financial security is great. Looking at your bank account and seeing stuff there is a great, you know, counterpunch at your depression sometimes or your personal anxieties. You know, granted, a lot of us in our later 20s are dealing with stuff like having issues with, oh, fuck, man, I got to pay my rent or my car, my car payment or my insurance or my medical bills. And, you know, I, I just instead chose to do the opposite. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah, drugs. Let's go. You know, living with a drug dealer for a, bit, a good nine month period. Definitely. I learned a lot of uh, I've had mishaps. I've seen a lot of weird shit. I've done a lot of bad shit. And I kind of like, you know, through the guise of Stephen Moses, I was able to kind of take his music and compass it. And this kind of run with it. I have learned recently that Stephen Moses uh, actually is sober off of hard drugs now. He does not do any schedule one drugs anymore. And um, that was actually really inspirational for me because you hear so much of his music is drug fueled. And I realized like, you know, like I'm, I'm living a lifestyle now where I'm not doing, you know, crazy, crazy drugs, you know, and I'm just kind of just chilling with my beer, maybe a little whiskey during the holidays. No one likes everyone likes a little bit of Buffalo Trace during the holidays. Let's be real. God, damn. I like a little bit of Buffalo Trace. During the not holidays. Exactamente. And it's really cool to just kind of indulge myself in music and just kind of be just kind of lost in, in the lyrics and stuff. And I've actually had a really good time listening to Steven's music. He has a really good stanza at the final verse of his song that we're going to talk to you about on the show this week. And it basically goes like, Fuck, soon I'll be in the limelight, drugged out, thinking about nothing but money. It's funny how only the people below me think that they're above me, but they low-key fucking love me, hoping with the best intent that I die so that they can take the place, my place, because they think I'm lucky. And you really think it's luck, G? You can leave me or love me. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that's some real shit right there. Those bars really inspired me to kind of be real with myself and just kind of realize, you know, like, you know, death is an inevitable, you know, part of your life but you know when you learn to appreciate the small things having good friends having access to you know just you know really really good things to keep yourself busy life life ain't always too bad so i feel like steven's music uh being much younger than i was kind of a you know a, a new lens into being positive because you know you see all these gen z kids literally want to kill themselves because they're not cool enough and like you know what i mean and it's like this is the fucking you know internet generation i feel like a lot of people these days you know like we're because we're so obsessed with social media mm -hmm. we're literally conditioned by the internet 
to fucking like, compare each other's lives and shit. And I'm just like, this is so like lame. Like I remember when social media was like, Hey, look at my dessert. Oh, look <laughs> at this dessert. It looks so good. Oh my God. Or like, Hey, this is us. at Mount hood. We're snowboarding, you know? And like nowadays, you know, it's just like, because of just, you know, target ads, you know, life comparisons, we're kind of in the stage now where like, Oh, I don't have a wife and kids or, Oh, I don't have this. And it's like, I learned from Steven's music that, you know, and also another band I listened to called Balance Composure. They have an album title called the, the Things We Think We're Missing. And it's like, at the end of the day, your life is your story. It's your adventure. It's your journey. And don't let, you know, drugs fuck that shit up. Don't let other people fuck that shit up. Don't let heartbreak fuck that shit up. We're going to talk to you more about Steven Moses here soon, as well as their new album on Def Jam Records. The album is called 99. And then here is your song of the week. This is Leave Me by Steven Moses. Damn, you really think it's lucky? You could leave me or love me. 
ain't never spent a money try fuck her. I don't know more ways, got bags on my face, sir. Bitch, turn your ass if it's real. Let's see, I can see, cause you's a money trying to hear shit. Smoke so much, pop pills, can't feel shit. I don't know my nose, read relax, can't deal shit. And I'm still on the search, my purpose is working, they worth it, they moving all this work, and me nervous to say I ain't never spent a money try fuck her. I don't know more ways, got bags on my face, sir. Bitch, don't even ask me if it's real. But let's see, I can see, cause you's a money trying to hear shit. Smoke so much, pop pills, can't feel shit. I don't know my nose, read relax, can't deal shit. And I'm still on the search, my purpose is working, they worth it, and moving. And we're back. And we're back. We're back. Literally. You're listening to the March and Mitch show starring Celine Santa's Pond. It's a real pleasure to have you guys listening to us for our final show of the fucking year. It's been such a wild ride. Season two is off to a great start and we'll have many more episodes. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Our song of the week was Leave Me. From Stephen Moses, check out their new album, 99, that came out this year in the year of 2020 on Def Jam Records. It's a real pleasure to be talking about Stephen. Uh, after doing some research, I learned that he actually did lots of acoustic shows as a teenager in Pennsylvania with his sister. He's really influenced by everyone from the Sex Pistols to The Cure and even The Smiths. He has yeah. he has boys don't cry tattooed on him, which I fucking Hell love. Hell yeah! And he, and he also has heaven knows I'm miserable now mm-hmm. tattooed on him. I'm like that's fucking great. This kid is so talented. Please check out his new album. And that wraps it up for our music segment. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're gonna now throw it on over to our star Celine Santa's Pond, where we'll learn about uh, their favorite events current events and shenanigans and the crazy stuff that happened this year. Take it away, Celine. All right. No, I'm stoked. Um, before I take it into my piece, I just want to thank you, Alex, because that was that was a really great breakdown of that music piece. Thank and you. also just stellar song choice. That song has got to be one of my favorite songs that I keep meaning to look up the artist. Cool. We can listen to not, not remembering <laughs> to. But awesome. yeah, excellent segment. Thank you. So for my segment, I want to do a little bit of a year in review like you did for uh, the album's that have come out in 2020. I like lists. And yeah, I'm a big fan of lists. And I wanted to not focus on things that we all know about, you know, things like COVID, uh, Black Lives Matter protests, obviously important things, but we all know about them. I wanted to focus on things that we might have forgotten actually happened in 2020, just because it's been such a crazy year where it feels like everything goes, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in the middle of dealing with one crisis and then all of a sudden it's like murder hornets. And you've got to figure out what to do now with this new piece of information. (laughs) Like this year has been just a series of me just being like, this may as well happen. Mm, It's basically been lost. Yeah, basically. So I've got 10 things that we might have forgotten happened in this year of our Lord 2020. And I have one that's going to be my my favorite thing, my chosen thing that's my favorite from the year. The rest of them, I'm just going to go chronological. So to start the year off. Very beginning of 2020, it's a little tiny baby year. We almost got into World War III. So at that time, in the middle of January, we sent a drone and performed an airstrike that ended up killing a general in Iran, who was one of the top-ranking generals. And this actually lasted up through June. The media coverage was mostly just in January, but the issue actually lasted through June because Iran was still pretty upset with us. Mm -hmm. So we very nearly started World War Three with Iran, which would have been terrible. Really glad we managed to not do that. And then going right on into February, number two of things that we might have forgotten in 2020 is that Donald Trump was almost impeached. 
Do you guys remember that? Yep. <laughs> uh, so he was, you know, he goes into history as one of the very few presidents that have been impeached because he was impeached by Congress or by the House. Unfortunately, then the Republican controlled Senate ended up acquitting him of the charges. So he wasn't Ooh. removed from office, but he was technically impeached. Mm-hmm. And actually included one of the first moments where somebody voted against some like voted for impeachment of somebody in their own party Hmm. when Mitt Romney, a Republican, was the only Republican to vote for Donald Trump to be impeached. Hmm. Then going into April, the Department of this is a fun one. The Department of Defense released real UFO videos and the Pentagon started a UFO task force to try to investigate what's going on with the things that they're seeing in the night sky. What? And they actually said that they hope it's aliens because that would definitely be, as far as a defense standpoint, that would definitely be a better outcome than that it's drones that we don't know about from Russia or China. Mm, well, which is I the don't concern. know about that. That's what they uh, say. Okay. I'm not saying that's what I think. I mean, I mean do you ever like... Uh, do you ever pity an ant when you accidentally step on it? We are the ants. Right, exactly. They don't even know, or if they know we exist, they don't care. But as far as our high-budget military is concerned, they are definitely banking on it being aliens so that they don't need to worry about Russia or China. When ants become aware. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. And that was a weird one because it was like in any other year, it would have been like, whoa, the Pentagon just said that there's UFOs and released videos. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just like, eh. Yeah, this may as well happen. So then going into May, so we're not quite halfway through the year. At this point, there were rumors that Kim Jong-un was dead. Oh, yeah. The leader of North Korea. Yeah. So there were a lot of conspiracies that he was dead or in a vegetative state and that basically they were pulling in North Korea. They were pulling like a weekend at Bernie's with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, like there were photos that people would be like, look, he doesn't look good. He like he's wearing sunglasses. He he looks freaky and he hadn't been seen in public very often. He's still alive. It turns out it's all that not pooping. He does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seriously. To poop is your shin. And so then at that point, we also went through a weird moment where a bunch of people like stand his sister as for taking over. Like a bunch of people were like, yeah, Kim Jong-un's sister. She's going to be cool. It's she like, was not. she's going to be a dictator. Yeah. But but a cool dick. Right. But feminism, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a really weird moment. Was but he... a stand-up throwback? Huh? But feminism, I guess. I, I'm not familiar with a stand-up that Never says mind. that, but. That's okay. Anyways, moving on. But then, so that was just a weird moment. And it ended up not being anything. He was probably just, like, the things that I've read say that he was probably just hiding from coronavirus. Hmm. But, so he's fine. We don't have his sister in office yet. Mm -hmm. And then going a little further into the summer in July is when we hit the Wayfair conspiracy. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Where people had. Did you hear about this, Alex? No. What's up? Yeah, You had to have. Explain, explain, please. It was on Facebook a bunch because it was also like it coincided with the time that all of your friends from high school were like, look out, pedophiles. We're on to you. It's like, okay, You are some rando that I knew in high school. I don't think you're taking down an international pedo ring, but okay. But so at around that time, people noticed that Wayfair had these ridiculously priced, not very like nice looking cabinets. Like they were like $9,000. It's a furniture website. Oh yeah. So like typically you can order cheap furniture off Wayfair. Like you can get a couch that's, you know, doesn't break the bank and works as a couch is kind of what they're known for. (laughs) They're a little bit like a forever 21. 
of, of furniture. But for home furnishing. Yeah. Oh. And so there's this conspiracy because there were these cabinets and things that they were selling for like nine grand, ten grand. And they all happened to have the names of girls. And so people, you know, did searches for like Aaliyah missing, you know, the name of the furniture set and then missing and found, you know, some girl named Aaliyah who happened to be missing. Oh. And so they were like, Wayfair is child trafficking these girls. And instead of sending you the cabinet, they're going to send you a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty thoroughly debunked. Wayfair definitely was not willing to ship you a child instead of a cabinet. The high-priced cabinets were just like industrial, like corporate ones that you would use in a business, which is why they were so pricey. Oh, Lord. So that, yeah, that that was crazy. That part of the summer drove me bananas. Um, in August, this is one that we actually covered on the show, SpaceX launched the first private manned, fl- manned rocket into space. So sent two astronauts from the U.S. into space. And it was also the first launch of a U.S. shuttle with U.S. astronauts in 20 years. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so that was neat. Yeah, it's because the aliens came down and said, stop it. And we're like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They told us not to do that anymore. Like, we're just, you guys are stuck. You guys are planet grounded for now until you can get your shit together. And guys like, aren't ready and to Elon be Musk a- is obviously like the grandchild of an alien. Yeah. Yes. So he's like, granddad taught me these plans. Yeah. It's he, time. He, he knows he's got, he's got the past. They're going to like scan his ID and be like, Musk, oh, I knew your grandfather. Right. <laughs> deep, spe- uh, deep space. Uh, what's it? Toll booth. He's like the only one yeah. allowed. Well, your, your father fought in the galactic war. <laughs> right. Anyways. So that was actually cool news. Um, Then that same month, in weird news, the Department of Agriculture had to warn everybody not to plant the mystery seeds that they had received in the mail from China. I didn't hear about that. Really? You guys didn't hear about this one? What? Did you? Yeah, this one was all over my Facebook. Hmm. Um, There was a weird moment in the summer where a bunch of people, like thousands of people across the U.S., got packets of seeds that they hadn't ordered. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just marked as, usually it was marked as earrings. Like people would check their mail and they would have an envelope that said, hello, I contain stud earrings. And they would open it up and it's seeds. And I was reading a little bit about it today just out of curiosity. And a lot of people did end up planting the seeds, even though they weren't technically supposed to. And it turns out most of them are actually fine. Like the main concern was that they were maybe invasive species designed to disrupt our agriculture. Or Hmm. maybe they were infested with some type of blight that was going to destroy agriculture or, you know, any, any number of, of things that we would be afraid of from China. And so a lot of people planted them and they noted that it was totally normal plants that you would see here. Morning glory, honeysuckle, like things that are totally normal in America. Oh. Um, but they grew weirdly well. Mm-hmm. Like they said that they would, you know, water it in the morning and come back and there would be noticeable growth by the evening. Whoa. So weird. Not necessarily bad or menacing, but weird. I was really sad that I didn't get any of the free seeds from China. <laughs> huh. And they actually, the theory behind that is actually kind of interesting. They think that it was basically a weird marketing ploy where some Chinese seed company wanted to like have more reviews. And in order to have it be an authentic review, they just ordered a bunch of seeds and fake names and sent them out to people in the U.S. so that then they could like doctor reviews allegedly by those people. Huh. Interesting. So it's all part of a weird scam. Then going a little bit forward, uh, not a whole lot happened in September. There's some stuff that we'll get to, but in October, uh, that's when Trump got COVID. Oh, right. 
Yes, yeah, so that <laughs> was crazy. Um, he gave everybody and their mother COVID nineteen, and somehow no, all of them were fine, which I, you know, is is good for some of them. I wouldn't have been sad if Trump passed away, but whatever. But yeah, like forty Republican senators um, or other cohorts of Trump ended up testing positive for COVID. So just rampantly spreading it. Um, also in October, protesters tried to kidnap the governor of Michigan and uh, tried to overthrow the state government due to COVID restrictions. So they literally tried to break into the governor mansion and steal the governor. Mm -hmm. Luckily not successful, but still a really weird news tidbit. And then finally, so those were the first nine things that have happened over the course of the year. My personal favorite, and I'm kind of tying two together here, even though they're, you know, they happen at different times because they're in the same vein. So my personal favorite thing that happened in the 2020 news cycle was that Harvey Weinstein was officially sentenced to 23 years in prison for rape and molestation. And Gillian Maxwell was arrested in July. So a, as much as it was a bad year for almost everything... It was a good year for bringing down weird fucking creepy sex traffickers and pedos. And Epstein didn't kill himself. And Epstein, Epstein did not kill himself. Epstein did not kill himself. That was 2019. I it know. still stands. But I, you got to slip it in. People you, people will forget if you don't continue. You got to keep the meme alive. And for a second, I actually thought that it happened this year. I was like surprised when I didn't see it popping up on any lists of things that happened in 2020. And then I was like, oh, duh, because it didn't. That's like me and music. I'm like, oh, I love this. Oh, wait, this came out in 2019. Oh, right. Oh, we can't do it for Artist of the Week. God damn it. <laughs> but that was my rundown of weird stuff that happened in 2020. It's for me, a lot of this stuff, it's like looking back on it, I'm just like, that happened like six years ago, right? It's been a Like Trump getting year. impeached. I feel like that happened back in like 2003, maybe? Just <laughs> this mind warp of a fucking year. We're back. We're crazy. We're wild. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. We bring you another wonderful ending segment. The happy, happy joy, joy. To the sad, sad life we all truly live. Don't feel bad. Don't get mad. Use glad. Lots of <laughs> reasons to be alive. One being the friendships we have, the family that we ignore, and the animals that we love. As Mitchell would say, live in gratitude or change your attitude. This is true. I was informed today that this was something I said. <laughs> it's good advice I to live I remember you said that. Yeah, pretty much my entire being is getting erased as we move forward. I don't remember much. It really does seem to be just slipping away into... Right? We all just have collective amnesia now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by... Nothing. I don't know. I've lost the will today. Should have been glad bags. Should have been glad bags, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about Togo. We're going to talk about Togo, how much I love animals, how much I love this movie, and why Balto's a biggity-ass bitch. <laughs> so Balto's a bigot now. Biggity. Biggity. Biggity, like no diggity. Oh, okay. Because ah, he ain't got no swag anyway. I see. Ain't got no swag. <sighs> yes, sir. Balto was the children's animated movie that we all grew up on and, uh, you know, thought was a great story until I got older. And then the story of Togo was found told. the truth. Turns out there's a similar story as to Balto. Uh, Dog named Togo. It's a Disney show. It's a Disney movie in 2019 starring Willem Dafoe. 
to be honest. Um, I consider him Willem Defend. Willem Defend. Willem Defend. Uh, Togo is a 2019 American drama adventure film directed by Erickson Kaur, produced by Disney, of course. The film centers around Leonhard uh, Seppla and the titular sled dog uh, in the 1925 serum run to Nome to transport uh, antioxidant drugs for kids. You know, um, basically, it's a story of Balto, but it's live action. And um, there's actually, so there's the story of Balto, the story of Togo. Uh, Togo takes place in 1913, the original. Uh, and the, it's, it, from what I could tell off wiki, the, uh, the actual story is, is pretty identical to what they did with the movie itself. So it's super interesting to see that. Uh, it's very dramatic. It's very heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. If you know me, I love dogs. I love animals. What uh, kind of dog was that? Uh, they're all, uh, Alaskan sled dogs, uh, huskies. Oh, okay, cool. Although, I interestingly, know Togo's line, like Togo and his descendants did become known as a separate like mm-hmm. subcategory Alaskan of Alaskan Malibu? sled dogs. No, it's actually called uh, Sepala dogs. Yes. I'll, exactly. look at, I'll have to look at pictures of well, animals Sepala, later. And it's funny because Sepala is the name of the character. Mm-hmm. Leonard yeah. Sepala. Right. Uh, but yeah, newborn Siberian Husky. And then, yeah, the, the Togo gene became very sought after. He almost wasn't even given a chance. I think that's why I don't know where the, the original stories come from. I mean, this is Pioneer back day. Like there was only handwritten accounts of this story of this dog yeah. and maybe a couple black and white photos that were taken. I mean, they had newspapers and stuff. They did again, but like, again, they didn't really cover in Alaska. Much, yeah, yeah, like how how far and wide do you think the news of that the 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 that story went? I mean, maybe far and wide. Don't think so. But the uh, the Alaskan tundra. He is this uh, little pesky pup, if you will. He's hyper. He's all. Oh, he's so cute. I made the mistake of pulling up a picture of Togo on my tablet. Is that the is that, so on, is that on the set? Aww. That's no, that's the actual photo. Yeah, no, they did a really good job with casting I'll because Willem Leonard Seppala looks a like. lot like Willem Dafoe. Wow, that's awesome. But yeah, no, so this is real cool. Togo. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, look it up online real quick. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty the 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 it's the backstory that I was super impressed with. So if, um he was a sick dog. He, w- he They tried to make him a house dog. You know, so this guy raises uh, Siberian Huskies for sled dogs. He's a rena- renowned sled dogger in the area. And this dog is just like the, the glass breaking scene. There's a scene where Togo jumps <laughs> through the window as a puppy and he runs miles back. So they tried to give him away first because he's a little shithead. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he starts out as like a sickly puppy and the, the wife is trying to save him. And, you know, Aww. Willem Dafoe's character is like, why? Why are you trying to do this? Like this is nature's way of weeding out the weak. Mm-hmm. And she insisted on saving this puppy. Aww. And this puppy was just a fucking scoundrel. One of my favorite scenes is where Willem ah. Dafoe is going on about this dog and how terrible he is. And he keeps going like, your dog that disrupts my other dogs, yes. your dog that does this, that, and the other. Uh-huh. And finally, once he gets to the end of this whole tirade about your dog talking to his wife, Togo runs past and he's just got like a piece of wood in his mouth. And Willem Dafoe goes, was that a piece of our house? (laughs) 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 So just a rascal. (laughs) You little shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just at this point is not even chasing him. And he's like, when I get my hands on you, it's just a, it's a very good, very good. The, uh, the giving away to try to make him a house pet. Basically, he's just a puppy with ADHD. Yeah. And like just refuses to be kenneled or, or tied up or anything like that. So eventually he is like they, they eventually 
are forced pretty much because he was distracting the other dogs. And anytime they uh, they put him in the kennel, he'd dig his way out. Like there was no containing this dog, and this dog was just complete Satan, <laughs> complete Satan, Satan yeah, incarnate, just nuisance, just a nuisance to this guy who's got really well trained dogs. Aww. This dog doesn't listen, doesn't give a fuck, and turns out the dog just needed like other creatures like us. He needed a job. The ADHD. Yeah, as soon as he strapped him up. Um, he was super, you know, he was focused, he did a good job, and then that's kind of where the story unfolds. So I don't really want to tell you the story. I mean, it's pretty basic, but you have to watch it. It's very cinematic. The movie itself is oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's not a nostalgia trip, but at this point, it's I'm, I'm, it's a future nostalgia trip because this movie is so good. It's going I to mean, be... I mean, we put it on, you know, the first time we watched it, we put it on as basically just, uh, it's got dogs. Yep. Can't be bad to watch something with Willem Dafoe and dogs. And within minutes, I was captivated because it like immediately starts with the sled race and yeah. him on a mountain and it's all fucking intense and crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah, as, as soon as we started watching it within five minutes, I was captivated. And then it cuts to the adorable puppy stuff. Yeah. It's a good storytelling for sure. I'm confused the way. So is it's an animated feature? No, no, it's a live it's action. A it's a live action. Fe- oh, OK, OK. It's when you said animated, you meant like it was like alive and friendly and the exciting. dog was animated, but the, the dog. Oh, okay. It was a very animated critter. It was a CGI dog then. No, no, all real animals. Sorry for misunderstanding. No, yeah, and that's that's also probably we were just talking about this because we watched that movie <laughs> with the first the first human and the first wolf, and they animate that wolf. Cillian, I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Alpha. Yeah. Alpha. That was the mm-hmm. name. Um. And and they animated that dog. And I remember we watched that. And that's, I think, how we found Togo originally was we watched that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll watch a dog movie now. But I was complaining the entire time about the CGI dog. And just being <laughs> like, God, this is so dumb. And then we watched Togo and it's all, there's no CGI. It's, oh, okay, great, great. So it's not like the, the Scooby-Doo movie where like Scooby-Doo is like integrated so terribly. Right. He's, he's like a computer CGI mess. Like we're all human beings. And so here's this freaking animated dog yeah. that does And like Alpha was okay because <laughs> Alpha, it, mo- it was a real dog mostly, but they had to CGI right. certain reactions and things. And then it looked weird. Hmm. One thing, just like a fun little side tidbit. Did you guys know that uh, most dogs in movies have to have their tails CGI'd if they're supposed to be playing like a mean dog? Yes. Because they're just so excited to be doing a good job that even if they're like snarling and growling because they know that's what they're supposed to do, they'll still wag their tails. (laughs) So they usually have to CGI their tails out. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's a fun fact. I didn't know that. True story. Mm -hmm. Word. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, it's a great movie. It'll be a future nostalgia trip. My first uh, super current movie that we covered, Willem Dafoe, aka Willem Friend, Togo, one of the one of my favorite movies this year. I think it's uh, end on a positive note. Made in 2019, it's kind of a, a reminiscent of the the better year, the better years that we had, mm-hmm. and uh, it reminds us of a better time. Yeah, you know, launched in just in time for 2020 to a good feel hard. So if you're if you're feeling down, you need a, you need to pick me up and you love animals, go watch Togo. You will be pleased. And with that, that's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mitchell. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys for this year. This is our Mm -hmm. last show of the year 2020. Yeah, we'll catch you guys in 2021. Literally. This has been Alexander Marchewski, your producer, Mitchell Herring, and Celine Santos-Pond. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) 